Welcome back to the Inside Indiana podcast. Alex McCarthy here in studio with Seth Tao, Brian Lewis. Uh, first of all, guys, how we doing? We're, we're recording this the Tuesday before IU goes up to Indy to play Butler. Um, exam week for you two. Uh, how's it been going so far? Hanging in there. Hanging in there. Same old. Two more to go. <laughs> yeah. Then we're home. Right. Right. Home then, then the 13-hour drive oh, back yeah. to New York. <laughs> so that'll be, yeah, that's how you're going to spend your Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, Seth, you'll also be like not in Indiana. On the East Coast. <laughs> yeah, on Saturday. So I guess I'll be the only one at the at the IU Butler game. But um, but we can we've obviously been at a lot of the the not so exciting uh, games leading up to the Butler game. Every game is exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you go into it with like a, a glass half full attitude, then every game's exciting. You you can find a little thing in all these games. Might need a glass three quarters full attitude yeah. for this. Yes, yeah. You might need to just be like delusional to, to enjoy some of these games. But um, you know, we can learn little things at a time, especially with one of IU's top players missing a few games. OG Ananobi with an ankle injury. Um, I would expect him to play against Butler. I don't know if he's going to play significant minutes or start or anything like that, but I would expect him to be back. Uh, but how do you guys feel like IU has kind of adapted in his absence? Obviously, John Morgan has, has kind of filled that role to an extent, but it seems like a lot of guys have been pitching in. Yeah, I mean, the past three games, like, Ananobi makes a difference on this team, and granted it hasn't come against very quality opposition, but the past three games it hasn't been that noticeable that Ananobi's been missing on the court. I mean, especially with what Jawan Morgan's done. I mean, knocking down almost everything he makes yeah. in the past three games, only missed like one shot. So, I mean, he's chipping in on the boards too. A lot of the, I mean, James Blackman and Robert Johnson are always good rebounding and they've stepped up a bit in, in his absence. The defense has been fine without Ananobi. I mean, Ananobi will help coming back, especially against a good team like yeah. Butler, but the last three games, I mean, you wouldn't have even not known that he wasn't there. Hmm. Right, yeah, I mean, obviously his, hurt, his loss doesn't hurt us that much because we have been playing teams that most people have never even heard of, but, yeah. Yeah. but I mean, like, like, you know, Coach Green's always preaching this positionless thing, and Ananobi's another guy who is similar, you know, he steps in and does, does his role, and like Seth mentioned, ja, Johnson and um, Jawan Morgan have really stepped up without him, and you know he he does you know even though he doesn't light up the scoreboard, he still causes a lot of attention to defenses because people know how electric he, he really can be. So I think just you know like you said, you, there hasn't been too big of a loss without him, but I think it's it, it really is just going to help him significantly more as he returns this hopefully this Saturday. I'll yeah. say this against Butler, you would know that he wasn't on the court. Mm. Yeah, yeah, against teams that are. Even decent, you're going to probably notice. I mean, right. even against Fort Wayne, right. uh, his, notice, his absence was noticeable. And just, I mean, he also played horribly because he was sick as well. But uh, I think this, this kind of, this injury came at almost a perfect time. Um, I mean, if, you know, if, <laughs> if one of your best players is going to get hurt, I guess this is, a, this is a good time for it to happen. Because with this, you see increased minutes for a lot of the freshmen. Um, you know, Deron Davis has played a lot more. He didn't play very well the other day, but he played really well in a couple games leading up to it. Um, it's really just, and it's really just the other day he got into foul trouble. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Freddie McSwain has seen increased minutes the past couple games. You know, guys who really need the playing time. Yeah, Zach McRoberts. Guys who need to see the court a little bit more and need to kind of adjust to the game. It just uh, gives everyone more time. options. Yeah. I mean, Indiana's so deep this year, and with him getting hurt, it just gives opportunities for more guys to step up in case an injury like that were to happen in Big Ten play. Right, right. And uh, so <coughs> obviously it's going to help out. A lot to, to have him back uh, for Butler, uh, assuming he comes back for Butler, and then going into Big Ten play um, and going into 
the game against Louisville as well. Um, but who else, you know, we've, we've covered a couple guys, but um, who else has really kind of stood out either good or bad um, to you guys? Another, I mean, because a lot of people were talking about Ananobi and Bryant kind of in the same sentence leading up to the season of being the NBA guys. But, um, I mean, Seth, you, you know, we've talked about this a little bit about Bryant. Yeah, I mean, as much as I was just saying that Ananobi's loss wasn't really felt, Thomas Bryant, was he was helping on the boards. He's not been scoring much lately, which is a concern going forward. I mean, he's only taken two shots in each of the last two games, um, made one. I mean, you need more production out of a guy that's so highly touted and is supposed to be really the centerpiece of the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's... And like you said, he's doing like everything else. He's he, blocking shots. He's getting rebounds. He's, get, he's getting the free throw line. He's just not attempting that many shots from the mm-hmm. field. And he's getting the ball. It's just, he's, I mean, he's, the assist numbers aren't even really there. Yeah. Like, he, he's just passing it off and re, I guess they're resetting or something. But, I mean, he's not playing through the post that much. We've, we've, I, I was saying it before that Deron Davis is starting to look like the main option straight up in the post. For Indiana, Thomas Bryant kind of goes in and out of the post, and he'll play outside sometimes. But Dave, uh, uh, excuse me, Bryant needs to be more active on offense. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And I, and I was talking about this on a on a radio show the other day about just um, a lot of big guys, six ten, six eleven ish guys, see that you know NBA scouts want them to be able to shoot the ball more, and they want to be able to see them play on the perimeter. And it seems like Bryant is really kind of going after that, and he really wants to prove that he can shoot the three and that he can dribble and that he can handle the ball. Thing, I mean, you say that, but then he takes two well, shots in the past mm-hmm. two games, so what's what's he really accomplishing? Well, yeah, not much. He's got a long way until he starts pulling up to Chris Stapps, putting his crossing right. step backs and <laughs> right. hitting jump shots left and right. Yeah, yeah, he's no, he's no Porzingis or Kevin Durant or anything like that. But, yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't know what the issue is. You know, Tom Crean said last week that Maybe Bryant was a little tired after that four games and eight days <coughs> stretch, uh, but then he had a week off before Houston Baptist and still hardly shot the ball. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what what the deal is there. If he's just not confident in his post game, or if he's you, you just, find that hard to believe. Yeah, I mean, he scored at a, a reasonable rate last year. He led the Big Ten in field goal percentage, which suggests that he took all, most of his shots, you know, within three or five feet of the basket. So, and I also did know. suggest after the last game that I think Bryant plays better when Ananobi's also in the, on the court with him because the defenders then have to focus on both mm-hmm. of them. But I don't think that really is an excuse for having two shot attempts in a whole game right. against Houston Baptist. Yeah, against someone who you are world's like Against someone who should not be able to shut you down. Yes, yeah. Um, but you know, while Bryant's been kind of not holding up his end of the, of the scoring, um, Robert Johnson has been fantastic the last few games and people are really starting to notice him yeah i mean he's been great all year on both ends for iu um he can guard point guards and, and wings and he's been shooting the ball great too i honestly wasn't a huge fan of him a couple years ago his jump shot wasn't is not nearly what it is now he's come a really long way and helped this team out so much on both ends of the floor and it's going to be pivotal for indiana as they move forward um <clears throat> i i personally think that he's like our point guard. I mean, I know Indiana doesn't have a true one like Yogi was last year, but between him and Black, between him and Blackman both kind of sharing the ball, I think he's a little bit better of a, a little bit better facilitator, kick out for threes that Indiana's been doing for years. It's been successful for them, so I think uh, Johnson's been so so good for them, um, especially defensively mm-hmm. and knocking down the shots when he has to. 
Yeah, and last year when when Indiana was horrible defensively for the first couple of months of the year, John, it was just so obvious that Johnson was like so much better than the rest of them at, at just even just maintaining his focus on defense and staying engaged within possessions. Um, and then obviously everyone kind of caught up the rest of the year and, and they were able to play better team defense. But he's still, you know, he's he's still as good an on-ball defender that IU has. Um, and he's he kind of sets the tone from that position, especially when, you know, James Blackman is still working on being a more consistent defender. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Johnson is, he's he's been really important the last couple of years, defensively, especially, like you said. But he's, um, the, the Houston Baptist coach had an awesome quote the other day about Rob Johnson, um, saying that, that they, you know, he was saying something like, you know, we prepared for, for Robert Johnson a lot because everyone's talking about Ananobi and Brian Blackman and all these guys, but we see Johnson as the silent or the one who silently kills you, and that's like that's exactly Rob Johnson. I mean, he's never like you know screaming like like Brian is and thumping his chest or whatever, but he's just like he's been yeah dynamite. This he's, year. A, he's a very laid back guy. I've had a couple classes with him uh, over the years. <laughs> some insight, but some, um, yeah, inside knowledge. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, defensively, no one really ever gets the defensive recognition they deserve, and offensively, like you just said, he's quietly been having a very good year, averaging. Mm-hmm. 13, 13 and a half per game, which is, which is great. And like I said, he, he's going to be very important for Indiana as they move forward with their season. Yeah, and he's scored in double digits in all but one game this year. So he's been just consistently there every night. He's a reliable scorer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You, you know, we, like he's, he's reached that point where you know what you're going to get out of him. Blackman is night. probably the most electric scorer on this team, but when he's off, it's noticeable. He he can have an off... Blackman's the kind of guy that can have an off night and still finish in double figures. Right. But yeah. Johnson is reliable and is going to give you those kinds of numbers game in, game out. Right, and he's a, he's more efficient right. than, than Blackman has been this year. Because, I mean, like you said, you know, Blackman, I think, had like 18 points in the last game, and he just... He, like, struggled, he struggled early he, on. Yeah, he was breaking yeah, everything. He, 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 really he, had like, he had like 15 or 18 or something like that, but he missed like 10 shots. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they kind of High volume shooter. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, another guy in that backcourt who who doesn't really, you know, because Blackman and Johnson do so much scoring from the outside. Um, Josh Newkirk, who um, is kind of filling that, you know, you mentioned, Brian, of, of them not exactly having one point guard or whatever. Um, but John, or... Uh, Newkirk, excuse me, has been filling that role, and you know as much as he can, um, of facilitating. He's not gonna. I mean, he doesn't shoot that much. He doesn't. I mean, yeah, he's had one game where he had double-digit shot attempts. Um, he's not gonna really use possessions that much. He's, he moves the ball pretty well. Um, he, you know, at times this year he kind of tries to go outside his role in, in the offense and kind of drives into the lane and gets lost in you know two. Six ten guys or something like that. Um, you know that happened a few times, I think, against uh, North Carolina. But for the most part, he's been coming along, maybe not super quickly um, into the offense and everything. But he's been playing quietly, playing his role, and um, and that's been really important for Indiana in terms of just he's he's figuring out where he fits, I guess, on this team because he came here as a transfer. You know, not not this past summer, but the summer before. Um, as kind of a two guard, kind of a combo guard, not really having a defined position, and Indiana was like, you know, we'll give you a shot, maybe fill in for Yogi when he leaves, and um, and he's done that to an extent. I mean, he's obviously not the scorer, but he's 
he's experienced. He's you know played in the ACC. He's played in the Big Ten. Or he's about to, I guess, play in the Big Ten. Um, he played in the so NCAA that, tournament. Yeah, yeah, and and he spent a whole season, you know, practicing against Yogi Ferrell and um, you know learning from him and everything like that. So um, I think he's he's been a a quietly kind of a bright spot for Indiana, and and he needs to be because they need someone to be able to to move the ball in that backcourt. Um, a lot of people, a lot of the attention recently has gone to Juwan Morgan, and everyone's losing their minds about Zach McRoberts um, just because he's he's like the the most Hoosiery Hoosier that there could possibly be. I mean, he's he's like Colin Hartman was two years ago, where he's he he always finishes with a stat line of like one shot, three rebounds, and like a foul or something. But you're like, you know what, that guy plays butt off for like 12 minutes or Tom something. Tom Crean had a great quote about him after the game when he said that McRoberts makes the game easier for everybody else. Yeah, he does. I mean, you you don't really notice him that much unless you really watch and you, you see him just kind of move the ball quickly. There was one possession against Houston Baptist where... You um, didn't even look at the rim? <laughs> oh, I was thinking about like a defensive thing. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there was, yeah, that too. Um, but there was one where Houston Baptist scored and, I mean, it's what you're like coach to do, but he literally took the ball like out of the net. He, it was, he got to it so quickly, quickly stepped out of bounds, like lobbed it up to Newkirk, who threw it ahead to Johnson or somebody who got fouled in transition. And it's just like things like that where you just immediately get the defense back on their heels. It's, it's just those little kind of things that, again, are not going to really show up on a stat sheet or anything like that. But he's He's that glue guy. He's that, like, all of the cliches that you have. It's, the hustle it's player. Him. Yeah, yeah. He's probably a gym rat. He's, you know, all of those kind of Blue collar. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a lunch bail guy. He comes to work every day. Um, but, yeah, so they've been getting, you know, Indiana's been getting a lot of those kind of small contributions uh, from guys, which, you know, as you said, Brian, this is one of the deepest IU teams that I can remember, um, just in terms of guys who can – you know, aren't going to do a huge amount, but they're going to do enough. Um, and Demonte Green and Curtis Jones have been quietly doing okay. I mean, you know, Jones had that obviously that big season debut against Kansas, but since then he's been a freshman, basically. I mean, he gets his minutes, he makes a mistake every once in a while, he makes a really nice play every once in a while. And um, I don't know, people are just kind of starting to, to fill their roles. Um, is there anything else that's, that stood out to you guys over these past few games? I mean, it's... It's hard to really learn that much from, you know, playing SIU Edwardsville and Southeast Missouri and whoever. Yeah, I mean, I think we covered most of everything. They're gonna, I mean, it'll be a good test, again, not facing, facing Butler away from home mm-hmm. in Indy. It'll be actually, a, actually more of a road game than Fort Wayne was. Yeah, it's, it, yeah. The, the Crossroads Classic is always fairly, you know, there are a lot of IU fans, but like the... The Fort Wayne game was outrageous. I mean, the whole place was red, basically. Right. Um, yeah, Crossroads Classic is going to be awesome. All four teams are ranked for the first time in the six-year history of the Crossroads Classic. Um, you know, Purdue um, has the big guys. Um, Notre Dame played Villanova pretty close last week or two, whenever that was. Um, and then Butler is just chugging along. They they've had a really similar season to Indiana, where they. They've had a couple of good wins, and then they had one just kind of head-scratcher to an in-state team uh, when they lost to Indiana State. But then they, they rebounded with a win over Cincinnati, who was ranked at the time. So, um, yeah, this is going to be a good test for IU. I'm, 
much more excited to see this game than the past four games or whatever uh, after North Carolina. Um, and then after that, it's a couple, couple more clunkers of games, and then Louisville, or then Nebraska on the 28th, Louisville on the 31st, and then back home against Wisconsin. So moving forward, I guess, what are you guys, guys going to be looking for um, you know, in Saturday's game and in kind of future games here in the next couple weeks? Saturday, I'm for sure just going to be looking for Indiana, executing. Um, like Seth said, this is going to be probably Indiana's tough, maybe not toughest half so far because they did beat Kansas on the neutral court. But like like Seth said, more of a road game. Um, Butler is obviously Indianapolis. And when Indiana had to go to Fort Wayne, you just said it was mostly red. So, you know, Indiana's got to keep their composure and play the way they know how to play. And, they, you know, we haven't gotten much from these last few games, but they've taken care of business mm-hmm. and they've played well. And if they can continue to do that, there's no reason they shouldn't come away with a victory on Saturday. Mm-hmm. What I'm looking for, we know what we're going to get from this team offensively at this point. It's pr- it's pretty established. I'm curious how the defense is going to come out because they had tr- they did not hold Kansas down very much in Hawaii. I mean, that was a high-scoring game. Granted, it went into overtime, but it was still a high-scoring so, game. Yeah. They held a good North Carolina team down in scoring, but you, the crowd was undeniably a factor in that. I mean, the Tar Heels looked very rattled in that mm-hmm. game. And Indiana played good defense, don't get me wrong, but, I mean, they're not going to have that same kind of crowd behind them in Indianapolis necessarily. So I want to see how they can defend Butler, mm. if they can win this game with defense. Right, and and last year in the Crossroads Classic was when IU season kind of started to turn around, when they were just god-awful in the first half against Notre Dame, and then <coughs> just kind of... <coughs> ran him out of the building in the second half. Um, that was kind of the, uh, to me, that was the most important game of the year last year. So, um, yeah, so this is when we, this is usually the time of year where we start to learn who teams are, basically. Because um, freshmen have started to get into into the groove of things, and, and they've teams usually have a developed rotation. Indiana, maybe not so much, just because of, of injured guys and, and things like that. But um, this is usually the stretch where we start seeing, like, okay, this is what this team really is, you know, because, you know, the, the first game of the season is always a little bit of a, a fluky kind of thing because you never know what you're going to get. Um, and then the the atmosphere at North Carolina, that game was outrageous. And so once they start getting into these this stretch of games, um, I'm really curious to see the Nebraska-Louisville-Wisconsin trio of games, because that's going to be, um, I mean, Nebraska's not great, but but that's going to be the first real difficult stretch for this team. So um, I'm excited for these next couple weeks, because, God, I'm tired of, of all of these nonsense games where Tim Proler comes in with six minutes left. No offense <laughs> to Tim Proler, but like, you know, when, because you were, you had the Seth, you had the decimal thing out for the Houston Baptist game, and it was. I did. It got really loud for. Yeah, Tim it, it got almost as loud when Tim Priller hit his layups as it did in the assembly hall for the North Carolina game. Yeah, it's insane. Um, the the fan obsession with Tim Priller. We'll have to do some kind of investigation into that. Some kind of like man on the street thing. You guys can go around <laughs> campus and ask people like, what what is it about Tim Priller that you like? Because um, it's just a. I did, I did run that Twitter poll earlier in the year. Who's more universally oh, yeah. loved between uh, Priller Tim Priller and Xander Diamond? Who won? Priller? I think Priller won. Yeah, yeah. which makes sense. Yeah. 
yeah, it's it's a weird thing. But um, I think that's basically all we kind of wanted to cover today. Thanks, guys, for coming over. Um, safe travels as you go east. Um, Thank you. Good luck on the rest of your projects and exams and everything like that. But uh, for now, we're going to sign off. Uh, have a good rest of your week. Uh, Tip-off is at 5 o'clock, uh, 5 p.m. Saturday in Indy. So we'll be there. We'll have uh, full coverage. But until then, thanks for listening, and we will talk to you soon.